I'd like to welcome to the program Jim Garrity from National Review Online has a blog called The Carry Spot, TKS. Uh, just a brilliant body of work during the campaign of 2004, cited often by me, not stolen by me, but cited often by me on this program. Jim has a book out called Voting to Kill. It's been out since September 19th, and he went out, uh, has gone out and interviewed a number of Americans about the issues on their mind as the uh, midterm elections come up in November. Jim, welcome. It's great to have you here with us. Rush, some very long-awaited mega dittos. Thanks so much for having me on. You bet. Jim, now I'm going to start off by telling you a little story because um, – uh, and, and let me ask. I don't want to – I don't want to be wrong in my in my presumption, but, but the – the focal point of the um, uh, of the book is that the people you've talked to do take seriously the threat posed uh, by terrorists around the world, whatever you want to call them, Islamo-fascists, the war on terrorists. It's a serious thing to them, correct? Oh, absolutely. Hits them deep in their bones. Okay. So I'm, I'm up in New York over the weekend, and I went to a, a dinner party Saturday night at a friend's house, which is in plain view of West Point. And a bunch of people looking out across the Hudson River at West Point. And one of them uh, made mention, you know, this is the birthplace of the American Revolution. And I wonder how many people today even think about the American Revolution. How many people are taught the American Revolution? And it wasn't until Dolly Madison had to run out of a burning White House with a picture of George Washington that the American people back then got serious about the threat posed by the continual presence of the British. The British had burned down the White House, and that finally got the American people all upset. Uh, history textbooks today say the American Revolution began when Bill Clinton was elected. Uh, and, and so uh, the, question, the question came up at dinner, is, is America finished? Do you think enough people care? And one of, the, one of the guests said, I believe in the total resiliency of the American The American people fully aware of the threat that we face, and they will respond to leadership when that leadership tells them in a convincing way the, the threat that we faced. And I raised my hand and said, well, when? When are they, they going to respond? See, what was 9-11 if it was not a wake-up call? So what, what's your take on this? After having spoken to a number of Americans, is, is there, a, uh, when you say a majority of them, uh, that are going to vote, that are well aware and prepared to vote on this? As an issue? Uh, Rush, we used to hear about the silent majority, and I think what I would call these folks are the not vocal plurality. Uh, there are a lot of folks who, yeah, they, day by day, they don't necessarily think of these things. Uh, and you hear about ga- high gas prices or some other issue that's in the news, and then you get something like that foiled plot to uh, bomb the London airliners or the bombing plots that were in Denmark and Germany and all these other places around the world. And all of a sudden, people wake up to it and they realize. Uh, oh my goodness! This is—we you know, are in a life and death struggle. Um, you know, I have time to share the anecdote of the security moms in my book. Right. Sure. Um, basically, the timing of the attacks on the morning of 9/11 for many parents came after they had dropped their children off to school, and either they're on their way home or they just arrived home. They turn on the TV, they see something is terribly wrong, uh, and then they realize that oh, I've got to get to my kids. I've got to make sure that they're safe. And they face this sudden terrible decision of having more than one child at more than one school. And they, many of them describe it as feeling like a gun had been put to their head saying, which child do you pick up first? Which child do you make sure is safe first? And this to them was probably for many of them, the most traumatic moment of their lives, something absolutely horrific, that uh, they, all they want in a leader is someone who will make sure they never face that moment again, that sort of uh, choice again. 
Well, I guess that's the question. Does that sentiment still uh, prevail? I saw a Washington Post poll or story. I think it was by Jim Vandehey, but I'm not, I'm not sure that he was the writer. But the headline says, Republicans losing security moms. And it was about a poll. Uh, if you read the whole story, it did indicate that Republicans were losing the support and trust of security moms, but that the Democrats weren't picking it up. Uh, and it was a, that was a problem for the Washington Post. But well, is the emotion of these security moms you just described uh, the same today as it was in the days after 9-11? I think so. Um, if you remember the Kerry Spot coverage, I had a mentor named Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, I used that because I didn't want to, he didn't want his, his name out there. But he basically says that once you go into the voting booth, uh, all of the attack ads, all of the screaming headlines, all of the shouting back and forth goes away. It's almost like the whole room goes silent, and it's just you and your ballot. Uh, and he described it as an almost sacred experience. It all of a sudden it takes away all of the riffraff, all of the other distracting messages out there, and you look seriously at the two names on the ballot in front of you, and you begin to think more seriously about what that choice signifies, and that you know what what it is is a pretty rare experience in human history to get the right to choose your leaders. Uh, and so Americans do take that seriously, and so you know they may not have the same seriousness when they're talking to a pollster on the phone or even talking to Jim Vandehei, um, but I think Americans do basically take this extraordinarily seriously once you get all the distractions out of the way. Something like, say, Congressman Foley. Well, let me let me bring that up. Uh, by the way, if you're just joining us, talking with Jim Garrity, his book is Voting to Kill, and he is uh, a blogger at the Terry Spot at National Review Online, which is one of this program's favorite websites and blog sites. Um, the, 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 the Foley episode has now had... Uh, you know, full-throated treatment ever since uh, Foley resigned on Thursday after, well, actually since the emails were uh, leaked and, and, and their existence known since, I guess, Thursday, Friday morning, what have you. Uh, the, the, the impression is that this is the issue now. Republican corruption, culture corruption is back. George Allen, Tom DeLay, Janine Pirro up in New York is a nationally uh, known story. And now this Foley business, and it, it does appear the Democrats have once again lost their footing on their opposition to the war on terror and Iraq, and now they're rallying around this Foley thing. Um, and I wondered how you felt about it, since your book is basically uh, supporting the premise that the war on terror and the threat America face is the issue on which people to vote going to vote. Does this change that? Um, these sorts of issues come along every now and then. Uh, you know, scandals. We, we saw them believing that the uh, Abramov scandal was going to absolutely be the issue that decided this year's elections. And yeah, where is that? Yeah. It's nowhere. My, my first instinct is that this might be the second coming of the Wellstone funeral, um, which I'm sure you remember from 2002 was this, you know, an event that Republicans attended and everyone wanted to, whether they agreed with Paul Wellstone or not, pay their respects and, and you know, pay tribute to a guy who, even if he didn't agree with them, seemed like a very decent guy. And it turned into a partisan pep rally. Um, and I think that eagerness to score political points, we're seeing it a bit in the coverage so far, and I could see this. If the Democrats are not careful, they will echo that exact same sentiment of politicizing. What is at its heart a, a tragedy that, you know, knows no, no partisan lines? I mean, this is just a poor, terrible thing to happen in this poor kid's life. And now they're going to, you know, refocus the entire Democratic campaign for 2006 over this? You know, I mean, honestly... Well, I no, I don't think... I think there's going to be more of this kind of stuff. I I think the Clinton war room is in full speed, and I, I think there's a whole host of these things they're holding uh, to release in a timely fashion, i.e. press leaks or bombshell stories, not just about sex scandals and so forth. But, you know, Jim, the one thing about this, this, this when you compare it to the Wellstone Memorial, understand it in the sense that Democrats really overplayed it, 
uh, Wellstone's death a tragedy, but this is pedophilia. And I, they, 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 there are a lot of people who just they have no patience, tolerance. They don't want to be made to try to understand anything about it. Uh, they, they don't want to be bought off with trips to rehab. This is pedophilia. And there are some people who fear it's going to have legs because of that. Oh, there's no way that every Republican should be saying that they'd like to, you know, beat this guy with their own bare hands. I mean, there's no doubt that, you know, uh, no one should make any effort to defend this guy. But, you know, to say that this is some sort of issue that uh, I, I have my doubts that people, when they look at their congressman and the challenger in front of them and their Senate race, their governor's race, I have my doubts that this is what's going to be in, on, on their minds, because ultimately this is one guy and as far as we know, one page, maybe there are some others, but this is, you know, this is not necessarily the grand issue of the republic that uh, was going to affect every single person on the level that terrorism is. So uh, I, would, I, I would assume you would then believe that the Democrats are making a mistake by not uh, giving voters something about them to vote for uh, on whatever the issue is. They still are not doing that. They're still trying to run on the basis that Republicans are scum and you can't trust them and put us back in power because it's ours and we deserve it. But in terms of... Um, uh, the issue of terrorism, I would assume, if your theory is correct, that you would have to believe that they're actually hurting themselves with their position on Iraq and Jack Murtha cut and run, the president fighting back on it. You think this will prevail on Election Day? Absolutely. Uh, and what's interesting, well, we will see, but I, we saw a very similar dynamic in 2004, where Kerry was polling on certain issues very well. Everyone liked his plans to give us all free health care, and, you know, I'm going to spend more money on this, I'm going to spend more money on that. Uh, and really across the board, he was doing fine, except for this big, glaring weakness on the issue of terrorism that, you know, Bush was beating him like a drum on this. And the lesson of 2004, and even to a certain extent 2002, is if voters don't think you can handle protecting the country, they don't care what you have to say about prescription drugs or health care or any of these other issues, which, you know, they can be important. But no issue is more important than who's going to keep me safe, who's going to make sure that, uh, you know, somebody doesn't plow an, a, a sky, an airliner into my skyscraper. There could be a lot of people comforted by this, and I'm one of them. I, I have to tell you that I'm uh, not as confident as you are that the uh, 9-11 was five years ago. We don't even show videotape of it anymore. We never are allowed to see the suicide jumps from either of the two towers. Those are suppressed. It's too soon. We can't deal with it emotionally. The Democrats have tried to paint a picture that it was... Uh, you know, just an episodic event, not part of any systematic effort uh, on the part of people that want to kill us, not just a battle in a war. It was just, yeah, we kind of screwed up, but uh, these things happen now and then. There's not much we can do about it. Uh, we need to go back to having our normal lifestyle. They're trying to do their best to erase from people's memory that it happened. In the meantime, we have not been hit since. Uh, Madrid has, London has, foiled a plot of the airliners, as you pointed out. We haven't been hit. And the uh, theory that some people have is that we just sort of getting a, a, a false sense of complacency about our security. And if that transfers into people voting differently than uh, on security, it'll have a negative outcome. So people are going to be comforted to hear your theory on this, I think. Well, you know, it's one of those things where even if they don't have the images on the television screen, they don't go out of our heads. You know, this, that's something that, you know, even if, if I never saw a picture of it or video of it for the rest of my life, I'm never going to forget it. And I think a lot of voters are that same way. Plus, you know, we saw the, the ratings for that uh, past 9-11 movie that you know, actually won its time slot one of the nights and did very well the other night. I, there, there's an interest in this, and the more that the Democrats and certain elites in the media say, oh, we shouldn't talk about this, this is something that's uh, too emotional, it stirs up too many bad memories, it's too soon, people notice that, and I think people kind of resent it. They, they resent being treated like children, and they resent being talked down to of what they can and can't handle. Certainly they didn't have that problem with pictures of Abu Ghraib or... Uh, 
you know, uh, the, the picture of the Virgin Mary with dung on it and all these other horrific images, but we're not allowed to see the one that will make us as Americans angry? I mean, people know the score on this. So it's safe to assume that your, um, uh, your, your opinion or your thoughts on the, what I call the drive-by media's effort to shift public opinion on all this is ultimately going to fail. Abu Ghraib, Club Gitmo, all these things designed to portray America at its worst, the Al-Qaeda Bill of Rights, we've got to give these people lawyers and trials, that that's actually infuriating more people than uh, anybody gives credit to. If I were in charge of the RNC, and sadly I am not, I would be running the footage of Senator Dick Durbin, of Senator of Il- Democratic of Illinois, comparing U.S. troops in Guantanamo Bay to Nazis 24-7. Just remind these people what they think of our armed forces, what do they think of our efforts in the war on terror, and how they see us as the bad guys. Because, you know, every American, even a whole lot of conservative Democrats, a lot of Joe Lieberman Democrats out there know we're not the bad guys in this. You know, even and, and their attitude towards our guys in Guantanamo Bay and our guys fighting the war on terror all around the world is do what you got to do. We trust you. We know you're not bad guys. You, just, you know, life requires you to make some difficult choices and do some tough things. And, you know, we're fine with that. Do what you have to to keep us safe, I think, is the overwhelming mentality of so many Americans. Terrific. Jim, you know something? Uh, I'm inclined to adopt your belief and be confident about it for, for a host of reasons, but one main one. And that is... You've got a book coming out. It's out. It's election time on the premise of how people are going to vote. If you're wrong, you're going to have a lot of trouble selling your next book. Absolutely. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully so, I will not be in the remainder bin by mid-November. So, Well, best of luck with it, and thanks for your time today. This is, um, I'm, I'm glad that you, were, you had some time because I, I don't think the American people can hear enough, especially in these times, positive thinking and confidence about themselves. Uh, you've obviously talked to them, researched it enough to write a book. You're ultimately expressing confidence in the seriousness of the American people, and I think they need to hear that about themselves. Um, so I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Jim. Rush, anytime. You bet. Jim Garrity, uh, the book is Voting to Kill, and it's uh, uh, by a man who has uh, uh, got a great piece. It survived the 2004 election, by the way, the carry spot, TKS. As I say, this piece was... This blog was just a font of information, humor and serious combined about the absolute foibles of the of the Kerry campaign and the man. So this is a good read. It's a good book. Happy to recommend it to you.